right, if you'll find a seat, we're going to work you the meeting. We're so glad you're here. And um, what a beautiful, beautiful day that it is, because it's the Lord's day, right? This is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So I hope you'll do that. So glad Brother Byron's here. We're glad you're here. So we're going to uh, have you stand, if you would, please. And we're going to open up the meeting in a word of prayer. And so I'm going to have our pastor come. And uh, actually, tomorrow is his birthday. His birthday. I'm not going to tell you how old he is. You can ask him that personally later, okay? But he's getting up there, all right? Oh no. <laughs> I just messed with oh pastor. My. But he's still got it. He's still got the stuff, yes, amen? He does. Amen. So we're going we're gonna to sing happy birthday to him. You don't have to play it, uh, we, or you can play it, or you want to. So why don't you sing happy birthday to our pastor, embarrass him real good? He's not going to be embarrassed, all right? So sing happy birthday to him. Happy birthday to you tomorrow. Happy birthday to you Happy birthday, dear preacher. Happy birthday to you. All right, now he's going to open us up in a word. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. He's going to come and open us up in a word of prayer, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be 70 tomorrow. Amen. And can I give you a word of advice, young people? Where I am today, you will be soon. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Started the church 42 years ago, and some days it seems like yesterday. Yeah. And so make good use of your time. Right. Make good use of your time. Thank you for being here tonight. What a blessing it is to be here. Thank you for singing happy birthday to me. Yeah. Amen. I'm sure I'll get a lot of things. I've got some cards already. One had a big rooster on the front of it. And... Uh, I ain't going to tell you what it said. <laughs> Amen. Let's pray. Our Father, we do love you. We want to just thank you for your grace, your goodness to us. We thank you for the blessings of life for each young person in each church that is represented here tonight. I pray that the Holy Spirit of God will find good soil to work in. May, Lord, we be willing to surrender me to you and allow you to change us for your glory and father we just thank you for what you're going to do tonight thank you for your blessings be it brother byron meet the needs here and lord just help him as he preach fill him with thy spirit anoint his mind and heart and we'll just love you and thank you for what you're going to do in jesus name amen amen, amen. Make your hymnal go to page 214. 214. Sing all three verses, all three verses. All the way my Savior leads me. What have I to ask me, son? Can I doubt his tender mercy? Who through life has been my God? Heavenly peace, divine is Oh. 
singing and um, listen we have a uh, this is how it's signed up on the offertory sheet little c signed up for offertory tonight and so is little c here all right so Meredith you're on <laughs> she's ready but we didn't want to make sure we skipped over anybody if they were supposed to play all right so we're gonna go to the Lord and pray for the offering and of course everything you give helps towards the meeting so we appreciate you giving all right and let's pray father thank you for the day thank you for many blessings thank you for the uh, wonderful power of the blood of Jesus Christ that the Bible says cleanses us from all our sin. And Father, we thank that we can be clean because of the Lord Jesus. I pray yes, you bless Lord. the meeting. I pray you bless the offering. Use it uh, to meet the needs of this meeting. Uh, and we will give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, little C and Meredith. <laughs> Amen. All right. We're going to have Brother Jim come, and uh, he's going to give us the um, totals for the quizzing downstairs and upstairs. And so you come along, Brother Jim. All right. All right. Downstairs for the juniors, we had Victory Baptist with 15 points. We had Colonial Baptist with 31. Peoples Baptist with 65. Fellowship Baptist, 108. Valley Baptist with 112, and Emmanuel with 343. Whoa. <laughs> Wonderful. Great job. <laughs> and upstairs here we had Midway with Midway Baptist with 27, Colonial Baptist with 46, Valley Baptist with 50, Victory Baptist with 81, Grace Baptist with 95, <laughs> Fellowship Baptist with 145. People's Baptist with 225, and Emmanuel Baptist with 285. Oh, my. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Good competition up here, I tell you. Absolutely. All right, that's good. And, uh, but we appreciate all the young people that's putting the Word of God in their heart and mind. And um, you'll never go wrong putting that in there. And uh, matter of fact, David said in Psalm 119, Verses 9, 10, and 11. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Right. By taking heed thereto according to thy word. He said, with my, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Right. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Yeah. And uh, yeah, put it in there. And uh, God's word won't return void. He promises that. Well, let me give you some announcements. I want you to pay close attention because we've got a little bit of changes for next month. Okay. But I do want to remind you uh, right off the bat. How many of you guys have gotten one of the cards for the Sharper Than Iron Youth Rally? Uh, good. That's going on at Timber Ridge Bible Camp, April 12th and 13th. And we'll remind you of the next rally. Um, but uh, Brother uh, Ken Sparks, uh, he'll be preaching. Pastor Mike Reed will be preaching. I have the Calvary Quartet there. If you go up Friday and Saturday, it's $25. Just Saturday is $10. But it'll be held at the camp. And so if you've got any questions, we have a little card here for that. But I'd encourage you to go to that. And then let me um, talk about the sheets we have down here. We have a food sign-up sheet, which um, folks have helped this year. We greatly appreciate that. So if your church want to get involved in that, you can sign up for that. Uh, there's a special music sign-up sheet that's full, but if you've signed up, I encourage you to check and make sure that you know when you're singing, all right? So you can check that. And then I think there's a couple spots left uh, for the offertory, and so maybe two, two spots left for that, so you can check on that, and that'd be helpful. And let me just go ahead and uh, talk to you about the next month's meeting. So everything's going to be the same as far as when we're quizzing. We're going to have quizzing at the same time. Uh, the date is going to be um, March 29th, Friday, March 29th. Brother Reno Likens will be with us. And, um, and so I know that's Good Friday. That's uh, Easter weekend. I understand that. That's just the way it failed this year. And so, um, but what we're going to do is start at the same time, so 645 quizzing over Proverbs chapter number 14. And um, we're going we're to start promptly, maybe even a few minutes early. <clears throat> and at 715, we're going to start a choir practice. This is for the Bridge of Hope. Uh, of course, we've promoted this meeting. The Bridge of Hope meeting is 92824. It's the last um, Saturday in September of this year. So we're placing that meeting uh, for our Rally in the Valley that Friday. We won't have a, a Rally in the Valley that September. And this is a lot of confusing dates. We'll have it at the Bridge of Hope on that Saturday. But back to next month's meeting on March 29th, um, we'll start a choir practice um, using these books, okay, A Higher Call. How many of you uh, workers, um, pastors, got one of these in the mail in a letter, okay? If you did not get one and you're a, a pastor or a youth leader and you're not sure 
Uh, Pastor Mark Deloach, who's really the, the host of this, hosting church, uh, sent a letter and a book. And so we have the books here. And so if you didn't get one, we'd like to put one in your hand. Uh, so maybe you just raise your hand right now if you didn't get one. Okay? Everybody's got one? All right, if you didn't get one, see me at the end of the service. We have them right here on the front row, okay, to pick, pick one up. And um, that way you can get it in your hand. And so tonight, just briefly after the service, we're going to have a quick choir practice for any of you want, who want, want to be in the youth choir, yes. okay? About a 10-minute practice. It's right. the last four songs in this book. Brother Byron will go over the songs just quickly. We'll still be plenty of food downstairs, and so we'll go over that for about 10 minutes. As soon as we conclude the meeting tonight, okay, we'll do a, do a brief one. But we'll have that choir practice at 7.15 next month to 7.45. And so we'll, we'll have a little bit uh, of a, a later start, but we thought that'd be easier than getting here earlier and staying later. So we'll have a 30-minute choir practice, and we'll have a special prayer meeting. We'll announce all that kind of stuff at the, at the um, time of the meeting next month. So... Uh, same time, uh, like I said, Brother Reno Likens, Brother Byron will be, be back with us, yeah. and um, we're really trying to promote this Bridge of Hope meeting, right. and hope you can get a lot of young people involved, maybe perhaps a church that's not here that you know of, that you can get the information to, uh, to really make this a, a God-anointed meeting, and, and get as many people there as possible, okay? If you've got any questions on that meeting, uh, see, see me, see Brother Byron, see my pastor, uh, some other men here, Brother, Brother Luke, I think has got some information about it, some other folks may have some information as well. And we'd love to get you, get you information about that, all right? So um, that's it for the announcements. Like I said, if you've got any questions, um, see us on that. But please, pick up a book if you would. Uh, it's the last four songs in the book. We'll go over that tonight. And if you've got any questions, just talk to us about it, all right? All right, so we're going to play a game. How many of you guys know what this game is? Anybody seen it before? It's a big old Connect Four, right? And I found this yesterday. I said, that'd be a great game to play. Yeah. All right, not only to rally, but uh, in our church. And so uh, we'll use it for future generations to come, amen? Yeah. If we can keep it together. And so um, let, me get, let me get four young ladies. <laughs> All the men stand up. Yeah. And four young men. So four young ladies. So let's, four young ladies. Just do the ladies first, all right? All right, one, two, three. Okay, yeah, one, two. You guys, three, come Karina. Come on. One more on this side. Any more on this side? Four, right back there. Yep, yep, come on, come on down. All right, yeah, good. Okay, good. all right. Now I need four young men, all right? One, two, three, so two, three, and four. I can't see the face back there, but right behind Mr. Eddie Steele and Josh, yeah? Yeah, there you go. Good. So, so four young men. All right. So. Good. I think I'll be here.
Guys are ahead so far. What's the strategy going to be? You know, this first go is, is pretty important. Well, I guess that was interesting too. Whoa! Okay. He got that. He got that. All right. 
tried to do two guys in a row again, but that didn't, didn't work. All right. She's right back there, isn't she? I know, I see smoke coming out of his ears. He's working at it. Stand there one minute, there is.
That's game. Yeah, diagonal. Girls, they 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 did it tonight. promise to do that amen in his word we appreciate that very much well listen these ladies are going to come sing from grace baptist and um we're excited. that's right we're grace ba- and gentlemen gentlemen i was gonna ask where ethan was at how come he's not up here singing with you guys but all right we're gonna have a group come how about that a group come uh from grace baptist and appreciate them volunteering to do this but we're gonna have brother Barbara come after they come he's gonna come just right after they sing and of course i think how many of you guys have ever had brother byron in your ministry in your preaching your, in your church good yeah a lot of you and how many of you have not uh, ever heard of Brother Byron? Okay, so a few of you, okay. Well, good. Well, we're glad you're, you're here and we're here tonight. <laughs> and uh, he's a joy to have, and uh, he's a big help to 
uh, to every church uh, that he is in, uh, that I know of. I mean, I know we had him in Illinois. He's been here multiple times, a friend of our pastor. And so uh, doing a lot for the Lord, uh, doing a lot for our state. And uh, uh, we need to be, be involved uh, in all the things that's going on. I'm sure he'll update us on some of those things. But he's going to come and preach to us uh, after these girls sing. So y'all come along. And guys, I keep looking. How come you didn't come to the front row? All right, no, come on. Come on. I'm just kidding. This group from Grace has come to sing. Come on. Man. Girls and one guy. <laughs> oh, so it is just one thorn and a bunch of roses. Okay. I come to the job. Open your Bible, if you would, to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6. God bless this group from grace. Praise the Lord. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Well, it's great to be here tonight, and it's a good crowd. 
Thank you for coming uh, on this Friday evening. I love getting to be in church on Friday evening. I get to be in church almost every day of my life. Last night, I was in um, northern, um, I was in North Chesterfield at Clover Hill Baptist Church. And um, I, was in, I started the week in Tampa, Florida and um, Floral City, Florida. This is the 21st church I've been in this year. Um, churches can't stand me very long, evidently, just two or three days, and I need to go. <laughs> yeah, on my Facebook, on my Facebook, I try to put a joke every day and so forth, sometimes two jokes. And some of you have already commented that you've been reading those jokes. And um, this, past, this past Wednesday, my wife had to have a tooth removed. And so uh, it was going to be hard to get the tooth out. And they said, we probably need to give you laughing gas. And, you know, it's $84 to get that laughing gas. I said, Doc, we don't need that. I said, I'm just going to stand here and tell her jokes while you take it out, okay? <laughs> My wife didn't go for that. <laughs> she got the laughing gas. And when I got her in the car, everything I said was funny. <laughs> So we can give all of you some laughing gas. You'll laugh at my jokes tonight. I put up on Facebook sometime back. I, w I fly a lot. And um, I was at Newport News Airport. And I bought a bag of peanut M&Ms. So I went to the gate. and got all checked in and so forth. Sat down. Sat down a, a seat here. And in between us there was a, well there was a, a little table. And there was a lady sitting over here. And um, I, I spoke to her, nodded at her, smiled at her, something like that. And I looked down and there were the M&Ms. And so um, I'm working on my computer. I said, mm, I like those things. So I reached over there and I opened the bag up and ate me two or three of them. Yeah. And I noticed the lady smiling at me. I smiled back. And then she reached over and ate some of the M&Ms. I thought, what about that? Okay, the Bible talks about sharing, okay. So I, I'm, I'm back on my computer and I decide time for two or three more of these M&Ms. And she's looking at me smiling. I'm smiling back, yeah. And as I'm getting back to my computer, she starts eating them. I'm like, you're smiling a lot. I didn't say anything, but I was looking at her, okay. So finally, the, all the M&Ms are gone and they start calling us up to the get on the plane and so forth. And I thought, that lady ate half of my M&Ms. So I've got my roll bag and so forth, and I get up there, and I get to my seat, and I open the luggage thing. I put my, my luggage up there, and I put my hands in my pocket, and oh, no. <laughs> I hadn't eaten my M&Ms. I ate hers. <laughs> okay, I put that up on Facebook. And two Sunday nights ago, the church I was at, they said, now tonight we're taking up that special offering we've been talking about for Brother Fox. I hope you came ready for the special offering. Brother Fox, come here. We're going to let you receive the offering. I'm like, what? They put a great big basket in my hand. They said, come on, bring your... And they all across the room, they're bringing... I still got a lot of M&Ms. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is just a little bit of what I've got left. I've got M&Ms for the rest of the year. A lot of good times, fun times. You know, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. 
I got to one church and the preacher said, uh, Brother Fox, we need you to settle down. I said, yes, sir. This was 25 to 30 years ago. I just gotten started in evangelism. I'm, this, I've been evangelist 31 years now. So about year two. And the pastor said, uh, we need you to settle down. I said, yes, sir. I went back a little while later and said, sir, having a hard time settling down. <laughs> I enjoy serving the Lord. Don't you? Oh, there's nothing better than being saved and following the Lord. And he leads just perfectly. And it's great being together on a Friday night. We're looking forward to Sunday, all that. Uh, we're going to have a sermon tonight. Oh, by the way, I did bring a few coloring books. Everywhere I go, I'm bringing these coloring books. Several years ago, Dr. Lee Robertson, that wonderful preacher, he said to Brother Fox, you need to write a book every year. Here it is, okay? It's called Coloring Book. So we got God did. I got just a few of these. God did is up here. Um, the second one we brought out is David. And I've got just a few of the brand new one called Noah. And they're up here. They're any size donation. And the newest CD is up here as well, which is uh, when we sing to the Lord. Now, we got to get into the sermon. We got a little rehearsal afterwards. All the young people, all, everybody in the room tonight. I don't know the exact age group for the official Bridge of Hope, but everybody in the room who wants to be in the choir, you just make your way up here, get a book, and make your way up here, and we're going to have a 10-minute rehearsal, and uh, I'll show you a little bit. But it's time for the preaching. Y'all ready? Yeah. Amen. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. I want you to read it together with me, and I want you to read it in your preacher's voice, all right? I mean, turn it up. Give yourself a B12 shot right now, all right? Here we go. It's first. Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. Ready? Begin. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Sound like we got a bunch of preachers in this room. That's great. It's not money being the root of all evil. It's the love of money. Well, yeah, those rich people, they love money. There's a lot of rich people that don't love money. You know, money's a great tool. It's a wonderful possession unless it possesses you. Money's a, a wonderful servant, but it's a terrible master. And there are a lot of poor folks that are absolutely in love with money. And they're being enticed in our state right now. To do something they shouldn't do. Let me take you back to 1973. I was a young person in 1973. Yeah. And um, praise God for Pastor uh, Ogden. He, his last day of being 69 years old, he's sharing it with us. Praise God. Tomorrow, 70. That's great. We thank God for Pastor Ogden. Amen. Uh, but in 1973, I was a young person. And it was against the law gamble. It was illegal to gamble in Virginia. We loved God in Virginia. We wanted to be noble in Virginia. We wanted to be honest in Virginia. We had a work ethic. We believed if you was going to pay your bills and provide for your family, you worked for it, not gambled for it. That's what we believed. 1973, that changed. Just a tiny, a tiny little change. We're going to have charitable gambling. Go, my winnings will go to this charity. Oh, that sounds good. Let's do that, Virginia. That's how it started. 
1987 came. By 1987, I'm an assistant pastor at a church right here in Virginia, Hampton, Virginia. I was at Bethel Baptist Church serving with uh, Gene Parisher, that remarkable pastor. And brother, we were working at it. I, I was in charge of soul winning. I was in charge of music. I was teaching in the school. I was working 12 days every single week. Oh, I, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> I was working hard. And, and, and we're, 1987, the General Assembly, the General Assembly is the Virginia State Senators, which there's 40 of them, and the Virginia House of Delegates, there's a hundred of them. There's 140. There's 140 in our Virginia Assembly. These are elected people. And in 1987, they introduced a bill to bring the state lottery to Virginia. We had a man named Jack Knapp. He led this group called Virginia Assembly of Independent Baptists. And brother, he got a bunch of us fired up. We're going to fight the lottery being brought to Virginia. And I mean, we worked hard. We had just really worked hard to keep our daycares from being licensed. And we're still fighting that battle. We raised a quarter million dollars to fight that, and we won. And the lottery came along, and we worked hard, and we lost. And the very first lottery ticket in Virginia was sold in September of 1988. 36 years ago, got the lottery in. And since then, it's been a progression the wrong direction. We now have these things called casinos in Virginia. Now, last November, praise God, Greater Richmond area, it was introduced by local folk in, in Greater Richmond. We're going to bring a casino to Richmond. And the people of Richmond, Virginia... Work together, the Christians, the Family Foundation, our God and country efforts, we all work together and we beat it. Northern Virginia, they said, let's bring a casino up there. And we all worked together this past November and we beat it. We stopped those casinos. Praise God. And the Attorney General of Virginia, his name is Jason Meores, and he sent out um, letters all across our state. And I've, I've read the letter. He's opposed to all this gambling. Amen. Well, right now, this session of the Virginia Assembly, yeah, there's 100 members in the House of Delegates, and there's 40 members in the Virginia State Senate. And they've introduced this bill. It doesn't say approve of gambling. No, no, they have the best titles for these kind of bills. Help the Small Business Act. Now, that sounds like something we should all get behind. We, we like small business in Virginia. Yeah, except the act to help small businesses is to allow them to have these, what they're calling skill machines. It takes a lot of skill to take a dollar drop it in, and touch a button. That's a lot of skill, isn't it? And you lost. Well, I'll just drop another dollar in, touch a button, and you lost. I just, do it, I just keep doing that, yeah. The legislation that has already been voted on, it passed in the House and it passed in the Senate. 
is to allow 90,000 of these gambling machines to be all across our state so that you can walk in any grocery store to buy your Diet Mountain Dew. Yeah. No, you get real Diet. Uh, you get real Mountain Dew. I get Diet Mountain Dew. All right. You go in there and you're seeing this little old lady over here and she can barely walk and yet she's sitting at that machine. There are people who stay at that machine all day. The saddest flights, the saddest airplane flights in the world are those leaving about midnight on Sunday night out of Las Vegas because people have gambled away thousands of dollars. I'm going to say this, and I'll probably say it several times tonight. The house always wins. There's false hope in gambling. Oh, yeah, come play this. We'll, we'll give you a free buffet meal. It's not free. We'll give you a room for the night. Yeah, it's not going to be free. The casinos, why are the casino buildings so big? I mean, if everybody's winning money that walks in, how is the casino so big? Because the people are not winning, the people are losing. And so I... I'm going to preach an entire sermon about gambling tonight, all right? Because we've got a lot of people mixed up about this thing about gambling, whether it's right or wrong. I, I, this week, as I've, as I've put things up on my Facebook for the last uh, 10 days or so, as I've put things up, there have been people who have contested things, and, and I've taken most of the comments down because you don't need to see the filthy language that I've been getting this week. But so, so many people say, Mr. Fox... Being in the stock market is gambling. It is not. The stock market is not gambling. I mean, think about this. Um, there's no place in the Bible it says, do not take a risk. There's no place. I took a risk tonight. I drove here in a car. You think there are any car wrecks ever with fatalities? Yes. I flew a, on a plane this past Monday from Tampa, uh, Florida to Virginia. You think there's not a risk on that? Yes. There, the Bible does not prohibit risk. Today I went down and, and bought the business license for Bible Truth Music. Every year in February, March, you've got to buy your business license. So I went down there and I paid my money and all that kind of stuff. And I'm talking to all the other business owners there in Newport News, Virginia. We're all doing that. And look. Opening a business is a risk. There's a big risk that you won't make it. A lot of businesses do not make it. But the Bible does not condemn opening businesses. No. And when you invest in the stock market, friends, you're buying a little portion of somebody's company. If you go on Robin Hood and you, you buy a, a stock in PepsiCo, that's Pepsi-Cola company, all right? You buy a stock in that. You're a little, little owner of Pepsi-Cola company. How many, how many shares you got? I got one, yeah. Um, how much you making in dividends a year? Six cent, yeah. Um, Pepsi makes a product. In fact, they make a lot of different products, a lot of different beverages, when you invest in stocks, you're, you're investing in companies that are making products. You're, you're investing in companies that render services. So what kind of product does gambling produce? Well, Mr. Fox, it's a lot of fun. Really? 
Losing money's fun. How fun is it to lose money? I thought way back when that lottery, if you're listening, say amen. amen. I thought way back when I was a young adult, I went into, it was a Crown gasoline station. I went in there. It's about 1989. And a man bought $5 worth of lottery tickets. Five tickets. He was right in front of me. I bought $10 worth of gas that day, which could fill a car up back in those days. And uh, he bought five. And he, he slipped over here while I paid for mine. And he's over here scratching, scratching, scratching. He paid $5. He's scratching. He goes, hey, I won. And we, he said, I just won $2. And he thinks he won. Hey, man, I'll let you win again. Give me five. I'll give you three back. I'll do that as long as you've got money. Silly, isn't it? He actually declared he was a winner. Do you know there's studies that when you're on these gambling machines? See, I've been doing a lot of research on this stuff. You, you, you push that button you, and you, oh, I almost won. <coughs> There's chemicals that go off in your brain when you almost win. Whoa, oh, I almost won. Yeah, and there's this little euphoria that takes place. And people are getting addicted. I'll give you some statistics in a little bit. I want to give you tonight, and I, write them down, and you preachers in this room, if you want to preach this sermon, go out and preach the sermon. I want to give you six Bible principles why it is wrong to gamble. And then I'm going to ask everybody in this room to make a commitment that from this day forward, you will never gamble. If you've gambled in the past, make a pledge to God that you will not ever gamble again because you're violating six principles of the Word of God. Number one, when you gamble, you violate God's honesty principle. God's honesty principle. Now, you may not be able to get your minds around this very quickly. You're young. You may not get this. I'm old. I've thought about this a long time. When you gamble, it is actually, I'm going to put it to you plain. Plain speech is easily understood. Gambling is robbery by mutual consent. What do I mean by that? Well, every party involved at the gambling table and everybody involved in the gambling machine, all parties are trying to get money from each other. Yeah. I'm going to get your money. I'm going to get your money too. I'm going to get your money too. I'm going to get your money. And you see that's motivated by covetousness. And it's motivated by greed. And just because everybody consents to it does not mean it's right. Exodus 20 and verse 15. Thou shalt not steal. Exodus 20 verse 17. Thou shalt not covet. Look. Proverbs 15, 27. He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house. I've been studying. I've been talking to people. I did a Zoom call this last Monday at 8.30. And leaders from across the state were on there. And we had a fellow testify. We had political party people on there I was on there preaching to everybody, preaching some of this right here. 
And a friend of mine got on there. He's a real estate agent and he's a CPA, certified public accountant. He knows something about handling money. And he told about his relative that has now lost everything he has. He's lost his job. He's lost his career. He's lost his marriage. He's lost his home. He's lost everything because he's addicted to gambling. My wife and I have a friend and they have a son. And this son is about 40 years old. He's now in a program to try to help him get off of his addiction to gambling. Gambling is very, very, very addicting. And it is not honest. It is, it's, it, you're violating God's honesty principle when you gamble. Number two, it violates God's love principle. When you gamble, when Virginians gamble, we are violating God's love principle. Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Okay, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Okay, how much? With all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Now listen, and the second, Jesus said, the second commandment is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor. Oh, oh yeah. I love my neighbors. I love them. Oh yeah, I love all my fellow Virginians. Yeah, let's come to the gambling table. I hope I... Get all of your money. I love you. I don't think it exactly passes the love my neighbor test, does it? No, you can't really love your neighbor while you're trying to get from them what belongs to them. Gambler, gambling is a pleasure and a profit at somebody's pain and somebody's loss. And I'm going to say it again. The house doesn't lose. Oh, no, no, no. The casinos, they, they get their portion off all of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you won? Yeah, but the house won when you won because the house never going to lose. house going to get their money no matter what. Number one, it violates God's honesty principle. It, number two, violates God's love principle. Number three, gambling violates God's work principle. God's work principle. In the Bible, honest work and wages go together. Yeah, they go hand in hand. The Bible never supports getting something for nothing. Expecting to get something for nothing. And we've got a whole generation of young adults that think the government owes them something. And, and so silly. I was talking to one and, and this lady said, yeah, I, I got me, I got me uh, uh, free uh, health insurance now. I said, really? She said, oh yeah, I went online. I, I got it free. Yeah, I said, it's not free. She said, oh yeah, it is. I said, it's not. She said, it I said, it's not. I said, the government's paying for it. She goes, yeah, let the government pay for it. I said, ma'am, do you understand how the government has money? She goes, I don't know. She doesn't know. She has not been taught anything. God bless her heart. She doesn't know anything. She, had, she probably had a terrible home life and mom and dad didn't teach her anything about managing money. I said, well, there's three ways. There's three ways that the government has money. They tax people. They borrow money. 
or else they just print money. She says, yeah, let's just print some more money. I said, ma'am, never mind. We're printing money now. It's making money worthless. I flew through Charlotte, North Carolina, and I hadn't eaten in 19 hours. I was hungry. And I saw Burger King. And I had just enough time. And I stopped in. And a Whopper and French fries and Diet Coke. $17.31. You got to be kidding me. It's ridiculous, isn't it? The greatest financial book in the entire world is the, is the Bible. And Virginia needs to go by the Bible. Amen. Amen. Including about our finances and including about this thing called gambling. And look, when you gamble, that's not work. No, no. Uh, Ephesians 4.28, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor. The old businessman, young man came to the old businessman and said, old businessman... The only reason you got a bunch of money is because you're lucky. Old businessman said, son, I want to tell you something. I found out the harder I worked, the luckier I was. <laughs> Amen. He said, and the more hours I worked, the luckier I was. And the smarter I worked, the luckier I was. God blesses work. Well, I was in line at Newport News buying business license. I'm talking to all of them. And all of them are saying they can't find people that will do an honest day's work. I want everybody in this room, all of you guys, make up your mind. You are going to be a worker. You're going to be a M-I-H employee. M-I-H employee. M-I-H. Yeah, make it happen, employee. Amen to that. Make something happen. Yes. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 3.10. Even when we were with you, this we commanded you. That if any would not work, neither should he eat. God has a welfare program. God has a welfare program. What is it? Work. God blesses work. And the majority, in my studies... The majority of people who are gambling on a regular basis, the majority of gamblers in America are heavy in debt and have absolutely zero savings. Not good. You're in debt. You have no money. And you're still trying to gamble. All right, number four. Gambling violates God's stewardship principle. Uh, gambling violates God's stewardship principle. All right. This question is just for the men of this room. The men and young men. I want you to answer out loud. Men, what percentage of our money does God own? 100%. He owns it all. Wait a minute. I thought it was 10%. No, no, no. He owns it all. It's all his. Whatever money you have. Last week when I did a meeting someplace, man gave me $2, man, two of these things. I like these things, you know. That's old-fashioned, a, a $1 coin. 1971, both of them are 1971 coins. Got, got General Eisenhower, who became President Eisenhower, right, out, right on. It says Liberty on it. says In God We Trust. I like these things, man. That really looks great. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right. So all the money 
that you've got in your pocket, all you kids, you ladies, all that money you've got tucked away, wherever it is, your piggy bank, wherever, yeah. How much of it does God own? He owns it all. So we're supposed to be stewards of it all. We're supposed to steward it, manage it effectively, purposefully, for God's glory and for the advancement of the Christian faith, the furtherance of the gospel. That's what we're supposed to use money for. And so if, if God owns it all, how do I take money down to one of these skill machines and play it? How can I do that? How can I do that with a clear conscience? I can't. I've never bought a lottery ticket. Praise God. I've never gambled. Praise God. By the grace of God, I've never tasted beer. By the grace of God, I've never smoked a cigarette. And by the grace of God, I've never gambled. And all of my family are addicted to those kind of things. Somehow God gave me mercy and grace. And as a little boy, somebody got me to the gospel meeting. I got saved. I started going to church and had a preacher who actually preached the Bible. Hallelujah for that. And look, this stewardship. All right, let me read you some Bible. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. With him is no variable, it's neither shadow of turning. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3.13, also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of his labor. It is the gift of God. This money that we've got, why, why it's, it's a gift from God. We're supposed to be in love with it? No. We'll be greedy for it? No. Trust not in riches, the Bible says. Well, it's just entertainment. It is not just entertainment. This gambling is not entertainment. Um, playing four uh, square or whatever that thing's called, uh, that, that's fun. That's not gambling. Oh, there's gambling, I'm telling you, take everything you've got. And um, uh, number five, fast. Number five. Gambling, number one, was honesty. It violates God's honesty policy principle, God's love principle, God's work principle, God's stewardship principle. Uh, number five, gambling violates God's trust principle. God's trust principle. Okay, my pastor who's in heaven, I preached his funeral, Dan Gray. This was his favorite passage in the whole Bible. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. <coughs> And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. It says trust in the Lord. Well, wait a minute. I'm a, I'm a gambler. I don't trust in God. I trust in luck. Really? That's condemned in the Bible. We're not supposed to be trusting luck. We're supposed to be trusting God. Amen to that. We're supposed to live according to the Word of God by all of the principles in the Word of God. Well, Brother Fox, there's not a verse in the Bible that says, Thou shalt not gamble. I've heard everything you can imagine this week. I was in 29 offices yesterday in the General Assembly. I went in there and looked eyeball to eyeball to senators and house folk that voted to expand this stuff. Before they even voted, I was sending them texts saying, because I got a bunch of them cell phone numbers. I prayed with them repeatedly. I was texting them and said, 
better vote against this. And folks that I texted that to, a bunch of them voted against it, and some of them voted for, for it. So I went in their office yesterday. I've been already getting lots of folks to make calls. I understand that if 50 people in one district will call and say, look, I'm opposed to this, that it gets the representative's attention. And so some of those representatives have gotten over 200 phone calls saying, why'd you vote for this? Already some people who voted for it now are suddenly against it. Praise God. And there's a chance that we can still beat it. There's a chance. But there's no place in the Bible where it says, thou shalt not gamble. There's no place in the Bible that says this. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not drive 140 miles an hour through a school zone. You know what I'm saying? You think it would be a good idea to drive 140 through a school zone? No. There's not a verse that says thou shalt not take illegal drugs. Thou shalt not touch cocaine. It's not in the book. There's principles in the word of God that we follow. And that's what preachers preach and that's what dads uh, teach their families. It's what mamas teach their children. Amen to these things. We're, we're violating God's trust principle when we gamble. 1 Timothy 3, uh, 6, 17. <coughs> Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. You better not put your trust in money. I'm trusting my portfolio. That's a bad place to put your trust. Uh, those portfolios can fall apart overnight. Lastly, um, number six, gambling violates God's danger principle. God's danger principle. All right? There's a lot of things in the Word of God that are absolutely warned against. The Bible saying danger, danger, danger. Like what? Like alcoholic beverage. 75 passages, if you want me to, I can give you all 75 passages in the Word of God that condemn alcoholic beverage. I wish everybody in this room would make up their mind that they would never touch alcoholic beverage. Amen to that. But you see, the, the alcoholic, the drunkard, they never planned. When they drank that first beer or touched that first alcoholic beverage, they never planned on wasting the rest of their lives when they started drinking. They never planned that. Um, yeah, I've talked to rescue missions this week too. Um, the person of great immorality. There is gross immorality going on in Virginia. Last year, the Attorney General called me and said, Brother Fox, we're going to have a human trafficking summit here in Virginia. And we want to start by having a prayer dinner first. Will you come and speak and pray? I said, yeah. 175 of us gathered inside that room. Uh, lawmakers. First responders. The governor of Virginia. The attorney general. I mean, just a bunch of us. And we prayed that human trafficking 
would be eradicated in Virginia. It's one of the most heinous things possible. And that's going on in our beloved state. And all kinds of immoral behavior. The drug addict didn't say, you know, I think I'll just destroy my health. I think I'll just destroy my relationships, my career. I'm just going to smoke this first joint and I'm just going to go down this, this path and I'm going to get, start taking that pill and then, okay, and it leads to destruction. And no gambler said, you know, I think I'll just lose everything. Let me give you some statistics. First, let me give you Bible. Proverbs 6.27, can a man take fire into his bosom and his clothes not be burned? You know, you, you take, say, let me, give me that log of fire. Yeah, give me that torch. Huh, how about that? You're going to catch on fire. You're silly. You're ignorant. <laughs> All right. Let me give you some statistics. People who buy that first lottery ticket. Eight percent, eight percent, one out of 12, become absolutely addicted, compulsive gamblers. Not everyone, no, but a, a percentage become totally addicted gamblers. That's all they can think about day and night. Well, what happens to them? A majority of them ends their marriage in divorce. 85%, I'm, I'm, I've memorized the statistics. I've, I've given them to so many lawmakers this week. 85% of these addicted gamblers, 85% of them steal on a regular basis from their employers. You think you want your employees to gamble? We've got some sheriffs in Virginia gambling. I confronted one this week. What are you doing? You know what's wrong with gambling? Dear God, I hate to tell you this last part. Of addicted gamblers, 17%, one out of six, have either killed themselves or tried to kill themselves and failed at suicide. Now, suicide is not the unpardonable sin. That's never taught in the Bible. There are six people in the Word of God who commit, committed suicide. That's another sermon sometime. Self-murder is not right, but it's not the unpardonable sin. So many of the gamblers have to file bankruptcy. Their lives are destroyed. So why would a state decide to gamble? Oh, so you're for gambling? Oh, okay. Why don't we take this, uh, the offering we received tonight, and let's just go and buy lottery tickets with it. What? No, we don't want to lose our money. Really? Yeah, because you're going to lose. There's people losing thousands of dollars to gambling. Lottery is for people who are not smart at math, evidently. You're going to lose. I would never invest in a stock. All right, I am on Robin Hood, and I do invest on a regular basis. Yesterday morning, I'd set a limit sale to buy a little portion of a company. I bought it at $202.55. And about two hours later, I sold it at $209.91. I made 
I, I, but I didn't do that at a, at a whim or a caprice. I'd studied their financials. I'd studied their earnings report. And they were about to have their earnings call. And I, I knew there was a pretty good chance. And it turns out I didn't really do it as well as I could have. I looked today. I sold it at $7 increase. Today it's up $35. I should have waited an extra day, shouldn't I? You don't know. You don't know. But I, I made a, a business decision. And I, I did that. Um, and I'm not a big investor. I've been investing since age 19. But I, I want, by the way, my wife and I have a lifetime goal of how much we want to give in the cause of Christ. And it's astounding how much God is letting us give in the cause of Christ. That's why I do the stock market, to make more money so I can give more money. Would you stand? I want you, hey, I want you to think about a couple of things. Look this way. The gambler, ha, the gambler says, yeah, this one I'm about to do is a sure thing. This one is a sure thing. You know how many gambles lost on that sure thing? But I want to tell you something. Hey, there is a sure thing. His name is Jesus Christ. If you'll come to him and say, Lord, would you save me? <laughs> He's never turned anyone away. It is a sure thing. I got saved when I was eight years old. They brought me to that gospel meeting, told me about Jesus Christ, how he died on the cross, that I could be saved. And I received Christ as my Savior. That was 52 years ago. I'm 60 years old. I know I look older than that. I know I look 91. Let's move on, okay? I got saved because it is a sure thing. Receiving Christ is the only sure thing in this world. And if you have never received Christ, let me tell you something. This world, I can tell you some things that blow your mind that I, I just can't bring myself to tell you in this mixed company tonight. There are gross and immoral things going on all around us that's just about to destroy America. The wrath of God is on our country. I've got an article coming out in a magazine just a few days entitled, Four Ways God is Judging America. God's judgments are here. Our country is unraveling. So, what are we going to do? Well, I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. <laughs> are you worried about the national debt? $34.2 trillion. I don't like the national debt. I can't do much about it. I've, I've fussed members of Congress. I can keep myself out of debt. Amen. I can pay my bills. See, the U.S. Congress, they don't have a revenue problem. They're taking in trillions of dollars. But they're overspending. How many of you understand that if you just keep overspending, you, you run out of money? Yeah. You you're, find yourself far in debt. How did I get this $80,000 on this credit card? Because of behavior. You couldn't control yourself in your spending. I'll tell you, Pastor, what I think that every young man ought to do tonight. I think every young man ought to get on this altar tonight and make a promise to God that they will, from this day forward, never gamble. Those who want to do that, come on, just the guys, just the guys. Ladies, where you are, come on, guys, if you want to make that promise to God. Lord, I'm never going to gamble. I'm not going to do that. Now, you better be careful because God's listening.
you young ladies, there are young ladies who are absolutely 100% addicted to gambling. A friend of mine went into a store where they have these gambling machines, a convenience store, and there was a little old lady over there at the gambling machine, and she had grandchildren with her. And my friend said to the, to the cashier, what about that lady and the kids? And the cashier said, that lady's been here all day, squandering everything she has. Anybody else want to come to the altar? Let me tell you a few more things. We've now got, I think it's 91 pastors across Virginia. Victory Baptist is part of it. We've got 91 churches that have signed on to a letter that I'm going to take to Mr. Yunkin. I saw him in person two weeks ago. I've been texting back and forth with him. He's our beloved governor. I love him. I don't endorse him. I don't endorse any candidates. But he's going to have to have the courage to veto this, Pastor. It's going to take courage. Do you know it takes courage to do the right thing? It's not time to be moral cowards. Amen. I preached to a school board recently. And they have not implemented policies like this. They have not implemented the policies that were recommended to them. A policy like this. Only boys should go to boys' rooms. Why did you not institute that? That's not a Republican um, policy. That's not a Democrat policy. That's a common sense policy. And by the way, there are no trans people. There are none. Zero. And no one was born into that unmentionable lifestyle either. No one's born into that. You make choices. Would everybody bow their heads? I'm going to ask in a moment our pastor to come and talk to us. I feel like he may have something he wants to say to add. But I want you young people. I think you're, I think you're just as precious as you can be. But you're vulnerable. You see, actually look back this way. Look back this way. When I was a kid, I played with Play-Doh. Okay. All right. I'm like Play-Doh that's been out in the sun for 60 years. You know? I've lost all of my pliability. So when somebody says to me, hey, you want to come gamble? I'm like, no, I'm not stupid. I'm not gambling. I'm not going to lose my money. I'm going to work. I'm going to invest. I'm going to give. I'm not going to gamble. See, I've lost all my pliability. But you young people, you're precious. All your effervescence, all your innocence, all your laughter. I love to hear you laugh, especially if I just told a joke. My corny jokes. You're like brand new fresh Play-Doh. You're still very moldable. I doubt that you got your mind completely around this sermon. It's probably something that's going to have to season, like good firewood going to have to season a while. But I wish with all of my heart that you'd keep your purity, amen, your innocence, 
I hope you'll abstain from all alcoholic beverage. Amen. And I hope you will never, ever gamble. Please don't start down that path. Now let me pray and then pastor's going to talk to you. Lord, thank you for these beloved young people and these preachers that are here and these youth leaders that are here. And Lord, my heart is broken for my state and for my lawmakers. So many of them, they've been tricked in the last two or three weeks. They've just thought about the benefits of the revenue off these ridiculous machines. And they forgot about all the detriments. They forgot about all the harms of gambling. Lord, we need you to turn the tide. I don't know how this is going to go. A bunch of us preachers are right in it. Trying to raise the level of righteousness. Oh God, help Virginia. We're desperate for a, an awakening from God in every way. We need an intervention from God. Only you can do what we need. I know I can't. But I 100% know you can. You've sent great awakenings before. Right in our beloved state. Oh God, do it again. Bless Pastor Ogden as he speaks to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor. I want to challenge you tonight. When you get in a quiet place, you think about what Brother Byron has said tonight. Because it will affect you. You say, well, Brother Ritter, I'm not going to gamble. I'm, I'm just not going to waste my money. But I guarantee you there'll be somebody close to you that won't feel the way you do. And they'll try it. They'll try it. So tonight, make that commitment. I'm going to put Jesus first. Amen. I'm going to love him. Amen. I'm going to give, if I have $5 to buy a lottery ticket or a dollar, I'm going to give it to uh, Jesus and give it to missions and give it and I'm going to invest in the future. Amen. To that. Amen? Yes. And and don't don't be enamored with all of the hype that's going on. Right. You know? Because the, they they're very persuasive in how they talk to you, how they present it. But yet go back to this book. Amen. Go back to the book. And just simply stand on it. Amen. Amen. We praise God for Brother Byron. I'm uh, thankful for the work that he's doing and the, uh, his willingness to take a, a stand on this. Now, we, we must stand and we must act. Amen. Now's the time to act. It is. Time to, time to uh, call your congressman or write him a letter, however you choose to do it, and just simply say, hey, uh, we need to stop this. Pray for our governor. Amen. Pray for him. God will give him the strength yes, and conviction to, to do what is right yes, for Virginia. Lord. Amen. Now, I want you to think about that. I want you to pray about it. Pray for our governor. Pray for our leaders. You pray for Brother Byron, uh, Brother Chad Conley, and those that are yes. in, in just right in the forefront of all this. And then... Do something else. Instead of talking about gambling, talk about Jesus. Amen to that. Talk about Jesus. Yes, Lord. And you'll find out 
that the closer I get to him, the less those things will mean. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Byron. God bless you, my friend. Now, in just a few moments, we're going to have a word of prayer. And then Brother Byron's going to uh, have the choir up here for a few minutes. Now, you don't have to sit there and listen to them, all right? <laughs> when, when I pray, if you, want to, if you want to eat, you can go down. You know the routine. I don't have to tell you. And the food will be down there. And uh, after, after it's all said and done, Brother Byron will come down and get him something to eat. Amen? Yes. Amen. Let's pray. Our dear Father, we thank you for your grace and your goodness to us. Thank you for the message tonight. And I pray that, Lord, each one that's here, young and old, will take it to heart. Lord, we're fighting today for the life that we have known for so many years. The devil's trying to change it. He's trying to alter it. He's trying to make, Lord, sin acceptable in our sight. And I pray that, Lord, you would help us to, Lord, stand and to, uh, be, Lord, compassionate and, uh, Lord, be able to, uh, Lord, just simply uh, love you more than we love life itself. You be it, Brother Byron, those that, Lord, are, are trying to do this great work here. Lord, we're just going to commit ourselves to you. We ask that you bless us, uh, the upcoming rallies, and, Lord, the Bridge of Hope, and, uh, Lord, each church that's represented here tonight. May you just, Lord, uh, send revival. May there be, a Lord, a change of heart and a commitment to you and a love for your word and a love to get the gospel around the world. And, Lord, we'll just thank you for the food. Thank you for our time of fellowship. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Come on, choir folks. Amen. The box is right here. Come quickly, come quickly, come quickly. Come on. Brother Tony, make it straight. Yeah, come on, kids. Yeah, there comes the choir coat. Nice. Get up in the choir law. Get you a book and get the choir law.